0: It's a great day to be a coyote. Welcome, Coyote Nation, to another episode of Back the Pack Podcast, where we are going to be bringing you all of your favorite games, memories, and, of course, discussions with our fellow coyotes. As a disclaimer, we have no affiliation to the University of South Dakota. This is a podcast ran by fans for fans. The ideas and comments do not represent the university. Our opinions are our own. Be sure to find us on Twitter at BackThePackSD. With that being said, let's pick it back up from where we left off. Now we're going to go from our favorite players to talking about our favorite moments from this season. We can kind of go through this. I'm going to jump right in, though, because I want to call dibs on this one. It's going to be the Youngstown State game. That Yeah, I, I know. I know. It was going to break you guys as hard as me taking that one. That game... <laughs> I had both my kids there. I had my wife there. In the first half, I mean, we were just cruising. That game, I was like, oh, okay. I did kind of feel bad for Youngstown. I expected a game out of them. Sure enough, they weren't going to let me down. They turned that into a heck of a game. And I do think, you know, throughout the season, we're just comparing game and results. That was probably game of the year. It was the most entertaining. And as a, if you were a neutral fan that watched that game it probably had you on the edge of the seat as well. But I really want to talk about the last drive. That I, I am goosebumps right now just thinking about it because of where I was seated and watching it process through. I watched as Malik Lovett ran his kind of out-route flag route uh, to get open and sat right in the hole of his own. And I kid you not, the way I was sitting, it went me, Lovett, Aiden. And I could see that full play develop. And I watched Aiden find him, and it just kind of went into slow motion at that point. As I watched the ball sail, it drops perfectly over the defender, and Lovett steps out to get us within field goal range. And then, sure enough, Mister Perfect steps out and does what he does best and drills it. I it just that was a warm up kick for him. He, there was nothing around him that could phase him. It was him at practice. Him the snapper and the holder and that's all it was and he drops it but at the end this is where i get the most amount of goosebumps on it because my oldest she's six she's starting to understand football she's starting to understand games a little bit and she knew kind of the situation that was happening and she watched that kick and her mind just exploded because of how loud it got she kind of it looked like it was you know one of those cannon events that people talk about that get you sucked into something. It it got her sucked into it. She is a huge USD fan now. And even my wife turned to me, who prior to me was not even a football fan. She was a cheerleader in high school. She didn't watch the games, except for her brother when he was playing. She turned to me though, and she goes, that is the first time I've ever seen a game winner. And I, I looked at her, I was like, I'm pretty sure that's the first time I've ever seen one in person. I've seen plenty on TV. But the experience that you get out of watching it in person, watching the crowd, watching the team rush Will, it was just a wonderful moment as a whole. So, I, you know, a shout-out to that entire game, but that last drive with Aiden, Lovett, Will, it was executed flawlessly.
1: We seem to have a thing with game winners against Youngtown State. I think we did it against them on d Days not too long ago. As well, if I remember correctly,
0: they're kind of a heart attack game. It goes back and yeah. forth fairly often. So, And uh, you know what? I I tend to pick favorites that aren't my team in conference. And Youngstown's my favorite, mostly because they're the Penguins. And the mascot alone just makes me laugh. You know, that's not something that your typical mascots out there. But they're fun to watch. And, you know, back when Pelini was a coach there, I know we're getting off topic on this, but he kind of piqued my interest. like, okay, that was a really interesting move from University of Nebraska to Youngstown. And then I kind of watched them. And then, of course, the heart attack games, it makes it easier to like them because they make the games fun with us.
2: Speaking of Penguins, I don't know who it was, but somebody hit him with the Penguin uh, touchdown celebration during that game. I can't remember who it was. I do remember that and I have to look back. The waddle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, somebody hit him with the penguin waddle. what it, it, it wasn't Carter Bell, was it, on that miraculous catch the deep there right before the, the tip drill? And went to... I
1: want to say it was someone who didn't even make a play. It was like someone who was celebrating I, with him. I want to be shocked. Oh, maybe back behind him.
2: My, I, <laughs> <laughs> but my it might have been, or maybe on a sack or something too. I don't know, but I, I remember seeing that in that game and I laughed pretty hard.
0: Oh, yeah, exactly. All right, and, you know. Mitch, you go ahead. I won't steal your thunder. I, I do feel bad stealing all right. the new one on you guys. That's fair. I,
2: yeah, that's, that's all good. I'll, I'll I'll take this one. Earlier in the season, game four against North Dakota State, uh, you know, huge win that ultimately went on to kind of define the season. It gave them a lot of momentum early in the season. And then they, of course, went on the uh, Missouri Valley Football Conference run there, pretty much beating everybody but the team up north. So I'll go with this one. Uh, opening drive, first quarter, uh, wide receiver screen to Carter Bell at the beginning of the game. He goes 50 yards untouched on a simple wide receiver screen. It just, I feel like that just made such a huge opening statement in that game. And, of course, you know, they they go on to win that game. So, huge shout-out to him and and all the miraculous catches that he makes. But that one he made look really, really easy.
0: (laughs) It can't get much easier when you're just playing catch with your quarterback 15 yards apart. But, I mean, the way he ran away from those NDSU corners safeties, nobody was close to him, but that game, yeah.
2: Right, and, and and he goes on to do it again, right? So I'll just kind of stay this whole game. He goes on to do it again right before half, and you know, ends up getting named a Missouri Valley Football Conference Player of the Week. And Aiden Bauman, you know, has a ton of yards in that game. They they literally torch them all all game long. So that that for me, that was kind of my my one game that I go to that looks like that kind of gave them everything that they needed and the confidence uh, to 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 do what they did this season.
1: Yep. Yeah, exactly. And you're right. If you want to take that next step as a program, right? Like you need wins like that. That we thought that in 2015, right? Mm-hmm. 2015. Yep. The season, you know, ended as it did, and then Straveler comes along a couple of years later. So we kind of have this like up and down. Oh, and then just kind of back down. This is this is one of those wins that with a with a young squad that no one thought this was going to be possible that you need to utilize that, but that becomes the norm now. Like whether yep. when you look at the schedule, you need to look at it and go uh, as a fan, not as a player, you want to go 12 and all 11, not as a player, but as a fan, you go, the norm is now splitting with the XDSUs. Yep, exactly. Now, year is kind of an interesting one because as a fan, you're like, okay, looking at the schedule, because this is our job as fans to predict, <laughs> is, okay, do we want to finally get a win in Brookings? Or do we want to get finally get a win against NDSU at home, or do they beat us three straight times, three straight years in the dough? Like which which one one's going to give? Typically, we'd love to see both of those games go our way. But anyways, like that that one was great. I remember we were going to a, a, a my wife's a, a band director, so we were at Laverne that day, and I was taking the boys to go watch the band play. or we listen listening to John there on the radio. Mm-hmm. And we pull up, and I think it was a severe thunderstorm warning, um, but the, the competition got called off. So we were sitting in the car while this big black cloud is overhead, and it's lightning, and it's downpouring. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not sitting in a bleacher while this is going. We <laughs> always were in the back seat. I was listening to John, and, um, you know, it was going on. And then we scored that second touchdown. And I get out of the car once it had cleared, and it was halftime and whatever. And an older guy gets out, and he's got a, a Yote hat on. And I look at him, and I was like, hey, go Yotes. And he's like, we're going to win this one. yo." Yep. And I have my AirPod in, which I'm a dummy and forgot to charge, so it died during the second oh. panel. So I'm, like, trying to get reception on my phone. I didn't know the final score until I got back in the car. <laughs> and I, of course, had a fan from the north behind me, like, oh, I didn't know that they were... Uh, you know, they they always have to go out of their way to say they're, uh, to do this and say they're, you know, go Jack's thing. And I'm just like, bro, I, I don't care. Like, yep. and his wife's like, oh, ignore him. I'm like, no, they just typically are like that when they see a, US, a guy dressed in a USD hat. It's fine. It's yep. part of the rivalry. But anyway, she was like, oh, I didn't think that, uh, I thought NUC was going to curb stomp him. I didn't reply because I'm like, okay. Cool. Yeah, but that was a great. Sorry, but anyways, that it was that was a great game. My my game was a Southern Illinois one. Years past, we always have that one road game that, like when USD goes on the road, it's kind of like you're looking at the app, or nowadays you can watch it on ESPN Plus, and you're like, oh, are we gonna win a road game? And we watched that Southern Illinois one, and my God, you know, it was such a low scoring game, but it was low scoring because defenses are so good. Like Southern Illinois' defense is phenomenal. It's going to be phenomenal next year, too. And that goal line stand to end the game was, to me, just as important as any other moment, hindsight, obviously, right? But just as important as any other moment of the regular season because without that, who knows what would have? we probably wouldn't have gotten the seed that we did. We probably wouldn't have gotten in the playoff in that position as we did the matchup. We could have been one and done kind of a thing. But yep. that stand and and Brandon Webb, that was such a huge road win that normally USD doesn't get. Yeah, exactly. And, and I'm not and like, yes, NDSU was also a road win, but it's kind of one of those things like, oh, it could happen. But when you go East, like you just, it's been, we don't win those road games. Yeah. No, and you're right, and I know you guys say that NDSU was
0: that that game to get us over the hump. I actually want to say the Southern Illinois game was because that's the one we went into, we just lost, and now we're like, are we, for, there was a lot of questions being thrown around after the game prior to that. You know, are, Absolutely. Are we that team? Uh, are we going to be that team? Are we going to stand up and take it? Southern Illinois was a top 10 team. And we walked into their stadium. We went up 14-0. We controlled the game from the defensive side of things. And then they made it interesting. And yeah, you bring up Brandon Webb was there. You know who was there prior to him on uh, early play on the goal line? Miles Harden. Hey, you're going to bring up yep. the the star name. star name. Our star players make big-time plays and big-time moments. And they sealed that game for us. And that was when I realized this team was for real
2: i knew we 100 percent. i knew we had something I, I agree i that was the game you know i'm I, i'm a few years older than you guys but not a whole lot but i i've always been pessimistic when it comes to usd you know i always have these negative thoughts that creep into my head and and that game proved me honestly that exactly yep. you nailed it when you said it proved that this team was for real uh and i i 100 agree i and uh, Jordan mentioned it. We wouldn't have had home field had we not won that game for the for the playoffs. We would not have had home the field. voters would have dropped down. Yep. With the- yep, that was a big win. Big, yeah. big win.
0: Yeah, I mean, that could have changed the entire playoffs. Southern Illinois might have been looking at a seed at that point then, too. With odds yep. they would beat us as a top-10 team. Right. And the whole playoffs scenario would have been way different. But— big-time players make big-time plays and that's exactly what those guys did at that and it definitely answered every question that anybody in the media was asking whether they were usd backed or just Mm -hmm. south dakota media in general a lot of people were wondering is this team for real and they answered it the only other moment and we've already talked about it but you know the favorite moment for me and i know it's you guys as well the playoff run as a whole it it was fantastic to get that first win against Sacramento State. Of course, we had to play our quarterback that transferred away from us. Ironically enough, but they unreal. real. You know what? And nobody saw that coming either. And with the guy, I mean, with their starting quarterback getting hurt, which really curious to see how he does that, uh, because that guy had some very impressive intangibles. He is bass. They clocked him out over over 22 miles an hour in one game on a breakaway run against UND. So I was nervous to watch him play. And we, for the most part, actually contained him really well. I was really impressed with how we handled him. And then, of course, he gets hurt. Feel bad for the guy. He never root for injuries. And their backup quarterback comes in. And I wasn't paying too close attention. I got a text from my grandpa. I didn't know their starter got hurt. And my grandma goes, oh, wow, subbing in their backup quarterback? That's a bold move, kind of
1: cocky. <laughs> he he ran off the field and uh, into the, the tunnel underneath, and I went, oh, maybe he's getting something looked at, tape up, he'll be back out. And th- just from my point of view, I, I don't know if the coach has said anything about Carson post-game or pre-game, but I thought our defense looked like they were completely unprepared for what Carson – was going to bring to that game. Yep, Carson to start off those those first two drives. Like he was having his way, whether it was on the ground or he was throwing it. Like you were sitting there going, "Guys, we got we got to figure this out. You you got to figure this out." Carson is 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 owning you right now. Yep, exactly. And it, it did, but it was not fully. But it was like you never. I guess anticipate that this star starting quarterback is going to go out with injury, but yeah, I don't know. To me, watching it, it felt like our we were the defense
2: was unprepared for what Carson was going to bring to the table that game. Yep, exactly. So, so. two things here on this. So number one, I thought Carson was the number thir- uh, number three string on the depth chart going into that game. And, and the second thing was when he when he trots onto the field after their quarterback goes down, that little voice inside my head literally told me, Carson Camp revenge game? question mark. And you just said his first drive or two, he comes in, he leads him right down the field for a touchdown, he's tearing him up, and I'm just like, oh boy, here we go. And, and of course, you know. Obviously, later on, things changed, but yeah i i was I, I was thinking those thoughts in that moment.
0: Yeah, exactly. You know that. I don't know if it wasn't if our defense wasn't prepared for him. So much so he came out with his hair on fire and was just ready right to ball. And, and that might was ready to fight one too. Oh, that entire team was. You did you guys watch uh, when they when we ran out onto the field? Did you watch at or, the end of the run? Okay, that's where I was like, uh-oh, this, we're going to have to keep our cool in this game because if they get under our skin, we're screwed. And, you know,
1: the senior leaders stepped up and kept us cool. I turned to my wife and I was like, all these guys do is just want to go pray in the end zone. And Sacramento State just <laughs> like, no, why? Why? They were why? It's like, just, can I just go take a knee in the end zone quick and then then I'll come back to you?
0: And you know we bring up we're talking about Sacramento State, and I can't believe this place slipped through the cracks. But Mikee Grace's fumble recovery for a touchdown. Did you guys know that in high school he was a running back? Yeah, I did not. I, I read the I did uh, not I read the article about him afterwards on that. Um, he actually just hit a massive growth spurt. He went from I think they said like five ten to six four. Yeah, <laughs> uh, jeez. and so his body wasn't quite. Meant for a running back world anymore. And you know what? I think the potential that he has with the speed that he has, he's going to be a stud when that time comes around. But yeah, that play definitely gave Sacramento State's quarterback. I think he got a stinger in his shoulder, but he, I mean, the ball just fell right out. The whole play is going left. And Grace is standing there and the ball's right in front of him. He just takes it up and runs. And it's, <laughs> who doesn't love a big man touchdown? You know, everybody's kind of oh, yeah. giggling, but it gets you hyped up, too, because it doesn't happen.
2: So, you know. Yeah, he ran it. He ran it back like a running back. I mean, the way oh. he ran it, it, it looked like he was a running back, so that all makes sense now.
1: He deserved the oxygen tank after.
2: That ball was
0: high and tight. He was not letting anybody take it from him, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, and then, you know, then literally the next play after, you knew there was something wrong with Sacramento State's quarterback because he drops back to pass pulls the ball up, and it just goes right behind him. So you know he didn't have any feeling in his hand whatsoever. So hopefully, you know, it's nothing too damaging to it, uh, to his shoulder. But I will say, with what USD was projected to do, and then getting this playoff run in a hole, I know it ended poorly. Guess what? Playoff run ends poorly for every team but one in the end. And to get to where we got this was awesome. It was something that I like to say about it, though, is, This wasn't even our year because I think Jordan's mentioned it the most. Mitch, you've mentioned it too. We're not losing a lot. We trotted 10 guys out on senior day, and some of them were backups. Some of them were starters. But there is a lot of people returning from this team, and I know for a fact they were not – they wanted to win. Every every football team wants to win, but they knew – Coming into 2024, that was in 2025. Those were going to be our season. So to be able to jump up and get this experience as a seeded team, target on your back. Some people don't believe in you as a three seed. Others, you know, you're you're still three seed. Everybody wants to beat a seeded team, anyways. There is a target there, and they learn from this experience, and it's only going to be beneficial. And I know coaches are going to run away with this experience and just to hype them up for next year. No. But
1: they've got to use this, right? Like exactly. and take a step yeah. USD, we've done this before, whether in in basketball or football, you have this successful year and then there's there's a step back. Yep. Like if you want to start this era, like and I'm just speaking as a truly and mm-hmm. wantfully, like we've had this before as success. And then the next year you crap the bed. It's like you, the these student athletes, and I know it's different. You know, we have a whole different squad compared to years past when we've had success. But like, you have to buy in. You have to know, like, you are still an underdog. The entire FCS thinks that you don't belong. Yep. Where you will probably be pre-ranked in the top ten next year. Everyone outside of South Dakota uh, thinks that you don't belong there. Even in Brookings, they don't think you belong there. You have to prove. Yeah that you belong there still. There's got to be this consistency that this is now the, um, this is now, and I, I'm trying not to say the standard because that's what I want to see, but I know that's a tagline for the other school, but like that, this has to be standard going every year now. Yeah. I, this is definitely, you know, the momentum
0: builder to start truly projecting the way every, you know, every team wants to project. We're on the right trajectory. And we just got to keep going with it. And not only are we returning so many players, but we're returning all of our coaches too. You know, that in itself, those two combined is a perfect storm. And that's why I'm excited. You know, I'm really excited to see how these coyotes handle themselves going from hunting to being hunted. And, you know, it does not start off easy next year going into Wisconsin first. So I'm excited. I know you guys are too. There's one other topic I wanna to move on to for tonight, and that is just truly our favorite moments in USC's history. Whether it was while you were at school, maybe sometime from before or heck even um time after we graduated, but a little in the past. I'm all for, you know, giving a shout out to it. And I am gonna get us started on this because I wanna, you know, a huge shout out to my grandpa Larry. He's the one that has played at, he played at UFD, uh back when he went to college, but he hooked me up. We actually got to fly out to the University of Oregon with the team and attend the game and then fly back. Obviously, that was against Marcus Mariota. <laughs> if I remember correctly, playoff team it did not go well for the Coyotes, but that is going to be the coolest memory I will hold on to for the rest of my life because i I got to experience that with my grandpa in one of the coolest stadiums I've ever been to, and one of the coolest games I think USD has ever played in. So, you know, that that's really where I want to start things off at on this. I want to find, you know, those your favorite moments, the ones that you think
1: about, you still get goosebumps a little bit. Mitch, go ahead. I'm, I'm rounding out my top
2: five. <laughs> All right, I'll I'll just start off with my number one. The, honestly, the coolest coolest moment for me and memory at USD. I mentioned earlier working for U Radio. So back in 2010, I'm working for i I'm, I'm a part of U Radio, and uh, that day I was actually running the soundboard for this game and my two. Our uh, buddies were actually in Minneapolis uh, commentating this game for you, radio. So this was uh, September 11th, 2010. It was when we beat the Minnesota Gophers, 41-38, and I just remember that day uh, sitting there wishing I was in Minneapolis to observe this game in person i'm sitting there running the soundboard and and the commercials and stuff for U radio and i'm watching i've got espn on the tv in the radio station and uh i'm i'm seeing highlights you know every 10 15 minutes somebody scores and i'm seeing the highlight come up uh, on on espn and just to be a part of that win and see adante warren who's who was a quarterback at the time? Who's now our running back coach here at USD? Just carve up the Gophers. I mean, the dude. I'm just going to list his stats. This is just ridiculous. 352 <laughs> yards. He had three three touchdowns through the air. He had 81 yards rushing and another two rushing touchdowns. I mean, just just silly, silly for uh, you know a small FCS school at the time. We were still in the transition. It was our first ever FBS win uh, for for uh, USD and. You know, just to be there on campus when that happened was, it happened was it was truly magical. I mean, the amount of buzz that fo- following week was was truly special, and to to be a part of it, to get to talk about it on our weekly show, just truly unbelievable. And then just another cool moment from that game was Will Powell, who's now in the Cow Hall of Fame, it did the Lambo leap into the stands after one of his t- one of his long touchdowns. Just come on, like like that is just so cool. What a big moment and a fun moment for those guys! So shout out to those guys. That's probably my number one memory, Misty.
1: We had such a great crowd there too. I was in the band. That was our freshman, my freshman year. We were in the marching band. We were there, and I remember uh, Powell's touchdown catch, turning around just to kind of look because it was such a loud roar. And like in that corner up in the upper balcony, I mean, there had to be a thousand Kyo fans. Like in, that was where they put them. And just seeing them going crazy. And then there's some red scattered throughout the stadium. But it was like, it was such a surreal moment for football. And like, hey, we're here. Yeah. We're at the exactly. D1 level now. Exactly.
2: For, for sure. And, you know, this is such a cool thing because now you've seen since that time back in 2010, all the different uh, big D1, you know, Power Five schools that we've played or plan to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, like we talked about Wisconsin next year. And we've played them in the past. Um, just to to play those teams in the upper Midwest and the Midwest in general, we recruit in those areas. So, to get our name out there, uh, you know, in front of these kids and and like that win specifically, you know, what, what a cool moment and huge for the university!
0: Yeah, exactly. And yeah, shout out to Jordan's uh pick for wide receiver coach going off 156 yards and two touchdowns against Minnesota. I mean, oh, yeah, that that team just entirely. Was fun to watch that year, uh, you know. And the best part is that's our freshman year, Jordan. So <laughs> we got wow, that's right. We got a show on the turf. Yeah, it, obviously the record was
1: didn't really reflect it, but they were a they were a riot to watch. They put up some fun. Well, game. I believe that was the same year Jake that Will made that uh, full extension one arm catch. At like the five yard line that ended up on SportsCenter for a while, yeah. Like back when SportsCenter did the the top ten, and then they would take like the top top tens, and it made that two or something like that. But like, I mean, he was full extended back on the old turf. Too. Yeah, oh god, I hated that turf.
0: But you know, Od- Odell Beckham Jr. was inspired by Will Powell uh, to you. Yeah, it. If it wasn't for Will. You know, I don't think Odell would have had that catch against the Cowboys like he did. Will definitely, he, he, he influenced that behavior, and honestly, that catch, yes, I remember it perfectly. And he even had to reach back for it. It was a little behind him, I'm full, laying flat, flying through the air. Was, yes, I can't remember the game, but I, I remember the catch exactly how it was. All right, Jordan, so let's hear yours. Now just remember. It
1: um, so I had the Minnesota game. Mine, mine, uh, revolves around women's basketball. So I, I was fortunate enough to be on the scout team with Amy Williams for a couple of years with some buddies. Um, so got to know those girls. Um, it, it was a, a blast. Found out that uh, us guys could not give them chocolates and flowers as Valentine's Day gifts, just to be nice. <laughs> the school doesn't allow us to give gifts to them. So we found that out the hard way. Um, I, I have a few, uh, the 2020 or the excuse me, the 2014 summit league tournament. Um, I was actually, that was a long weekend because I had planned a trip with some friends and and my wife the, down to Savannah. So we were, we played pep in Pat band at the arena in Sioux Falls uh, for Ray Ray Shaw, Rochelle Contreras is three to be Western Illinois. When the place went bonker, you know, uh, and we had to leave the next day. So we're driving down and they're playing SDSU in the semis. And we had to stop outside of Atlanta on the side of the highway to listen to the last, you know, the under four timeout. You yep. know, we were, we were honking the horn. We were all going crazy in the car because it was such a dominant. It was great. I mean, Polly had a great game. Everyone had a great game. And, uh, the next day, that Saturday, they're playing, I believe Denver, right? I think 2014 was Denver in the championship. And, uh. We were on my my uncle's yacht or uh, his sailboat, and uh, we listened to the game there. Drank some beers, listened to the game on, and had the, the Atlantic Ocean sunset. And um, but Ray's shot that first round game. Yep, never forget. Never forget her form. Never forget everyone in the arena standing up. Never forget the entire that half of the arena being coyote red and just going nuts. Uh, but anyways, that's one. The other one was the t- 2016 WNIT run. That entire and I have pictures of each game. I think it was Western Kentucky, um, all the way through Oregon with Taya and those the three point barrage that they put on the entire game. On final picture, the final game in the dome. I mean, they made posters. There, I mean, it was surreal 7, 7,200 people something like that I mean it was it was unbelievable it was so loud against Florida Gulf Coast and yep. nobody was sitting there were people on the stairs which I doubt you could even see half the the court but there were stairs on the side of the dome mm-hmm. they were standing never forget that as long as I live and there was never a doubt once that ball went in the air you could just feel like this ambiance and the, the environment like they're gonna win it let's just let's keep them going yep. like this is this is moment and it's I, it's something I don't think will ever be topped in the state like the the environment the what it meant because we were the first to do it in the state like yes it's a it's not the NCAA tournament championship but it's a we should have been in the tournament but and I love the debate of would you trade that for an NCAA tournament win and, and I can see both sides to it. Yep. I can see both sides to it. If you're gonna of go with hindsight no I would not. I I loved that run. I loved the last basketball game ever in the dome. It was a complete sellout of seventy two hundred people. Like it was fantastic. And lastly, the twenty twenty two Sweet Sixteen run or Sweet Sixteen. Yep, we were in the ba- we watched the 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 butt whooping of Baylor. Oh yeah, come on, that was unbelievable, fantastic. Oh, man. Um, and I remember after that game going. I turned to my wife. I'm going. I said, I'm "Going to Wichita. <laughs> I'm going. I've bought I'm going." I fought, yes. I'm going to Wichita. And um, I was fortunate enough, a, a big USD backer um, at the time. I was struggling to find a hotel room. I was, and I was asking her. I was like, "Where is? Where are we staying? Like, where? Where's everyone staying?" She goes, "Well, I don't know this, but I did have an extra hotel room here, so we stayed at a certain hotel." And I took my oldest, who at the time was like two. Mm-hmm. And it was three quarters of a mile from the stadium or the arena. And we drove down from Sioux Falls. And uh it was such a quick trip. There were so many cars with USD stickers or coyotes on the windshield, driving highway 80. <laughs> Stop it. runs uh, of course, both there and back. And uh <laughs> but we get there and we're at the hotel, and it's it's clearly a Louisville hotel, like it's decked out in Louisville stuff, whatever. And we walk to the arena. We get there right at tip off, and the place is red—like it's fully red. And 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 it's fully red because there's a good contingent in Louisville, and I think Louisville was playing Michigan, and uh, or not, not Michigan, but uh oh, who the heck was Louisville playing? I can't remember. Mm-hmm. But the game starts. I mean, it's packed, and my <laughs> my kid has to go to the bathroom, and we come out, and it's when. I can't remember the player, but they had back-to-back threes. And it was deafening. he was, like, covering his ears. <laughs> and we're sitting up by uh, Margaret McLeod and and her friends and stuff. And and I was like, this, it has never been this loud at a Summit League tournament game. Even when we're playing SDSU, it's never been that loud. Yep. And that was all Kyle fans. There had to be at least 6,000 fans there. And if Chloe's shot would have rimmed in at the end and prevented michigan to go on that run we would have been talking to lead eight for sure oh yeah but to close out really quick we went back to the hotel i carried my kid the whole way back he was exhausted i was exhausted oh yeah we get back to the hotel and these louisville fans come up and go. we've been to a lot of tournaments and a lot of tournament games that was the most fun atmosphere we have ever been a part of you guys your fan base is incredible and you know some other niceties that basically yeah. about the team, hope we succeed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he goes, I've never heard it that loud at a regional site game like that. But And he bought me a a drink, which I thought was nice. And um, a parent in the elevator said the same thing. So that those those three, the women's basketball, those are all great memories. And Ray also broke my ankles out of practice once. I'm not even kidding. By hand to God, she crossed me up. And I just sat there and took it, and I went. Yep. Just sat on the flat, like, and I let my, my ankles crisscross, and I just fell back, and hell of a ball player. Hey,
0: I, 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 All I can picture now is you just sitting on the floor, almost, you know, cross-legged style, maybe a little tear rolling down the cheek even afterward from the embarrassment, but then her coming back and, and picking you up off the floor, you know? That, that's all I'm picturing right now, and it's
1: hilarious. Yeah, she was so damn humble that she, like, did this and was laughing after the play. After, after, during the play, you know, you're serious. You're like, oh, yeah. oh loser fell down. I'm going to go score now. And everyone got a good laugh out of it. <laughs> so so I am
0: going to share one more favorite historical moment of mine. And like I told you guys, it could have been from our time. It could have been from after we graduated, but more in the past than this year, I, I don't know if, how much research you guys did, but I don't into archives, and it's so easy for me to talk about my favorite moment in USC history, even though I wasn't even there. Heck, at this point, my parents weren't even walking the earth. I'm going to take you back 60 years. Almost, I mean, once we get to October, it'll be 60 years ago. My grandpa, Larry Holprin, is on the field against SCSU. The game is 7 nothing. CSU is winning late in the fourth, and my grandpa takes a handoff at our own 15-yard line. Hits that cloud of dust, you know, the 1960s-style football play. Hits that cloud of dust, disappears. Sure enough, he's on the other side of that pile running away from everybody else. He scores touchdown to tie it up after an 85-yard run. Their defense walks out onto the field, stands tall, uh, gets the stop they need, they drive right back down, and they kick a field goal to beat SDSU. But with it, the reason why this is a favorite memory of mine is because every time I'm talking with my grandpa about USD football, it always comes in. And it is his proudest moment of his career, his Hall of Fame career at USD. And with that, it's what truly led me to want to become a Coyote. And then not only to become a Coyote, but to enjo- enjoy what the athletics provide through the university. And he's helped create such a respect and love for the game his passion is really what drove me to want to grow and do something like this because I know that there's players on our team right now that are going to be telling their grandson the exact same story I can't wait to hear you know JJ tell the story 60 year old 60 years from now about his 75 yard touchdown against Sacramento State to his grandson or his granddaughter as they're getting ready to make their college decision it's been passed down through uh, from my grandpa to me, and honestly, he's what makes me so proud to be a coyote, and I'm really excited to see what our future holds, but I know there's a lot of great stuff in the past as well that we
2: should really take a step back and enjoy too.
1: Tradition, culture, mm-hmm. a lot of good traditions and history with USD.
2: Oh, I just want to end with this, you know... Y- <laughs> you guys had this idea for the podcast and, and, you know, asked me to be part of it. And I'm just, I'm glad, Hey, I'm glad to be here and be, you know, you look at this year with football and, and what that did to the fan base. And in some of these moments we talked about previously with women's basketball and such, and what that does to the fan base. And then this podcast being, um, you know, titled Back the Pack, and, and, and growing the fan base, growing the Howling Pack, all these different things that we're going to talk about in future episodes and, and what we're going to be about on this podcast. I just think such a, a cool moment uh, and, and a huge opportunity. And uh, just to be part of it is is really special, honestly. And to see where this goes, I'm honestly excited to see just how far we can take it, and, and with this podcast, too, with you guys as well.
1: And Jake, if I may, too, just a closing thing, too. The USD fan base has... Is- is there. Oh yeah. It's a, it's alive. It's well, it's a majority of them are sleeping, so to speak. Right. I I've seen it firsthand uh, in person in Wichita. We've seen it at the summit league tournament when the teams are successful. Yep, Right. We've seen it in football before. Maybe not so much this year. I mean, we got to be honest with ourselves. Yes. The crowds, they were disappointing even for the playoff games. But they're, the fans are there. It's not like they don't exist. Yep. It's to get the cheeks in the seats, these casual fans need a reason to go. Yep. With that, there's consistency. We can get 6,000 people to Wichita for a women's basketball game in the Sweet 16. We can get more than that for events here and in Sioux Falls. Yep, exactly. And some of the tournament. And I like to clarify this. The Summit League tournament doesn't have a lot of yo fans per se because of things outside of their control. Yep. It's the way the Summit League handle and the Summit League has to be fair. I'm not knocking the Summit League with their how they allot tickets because it's a lot harder than people think. Yep. But there's a there's a history there that unfortunately USD fans as a whole, we just they can't get their their hands on the tickets because of certain priorities. Yep. That being said, when single session tickets go on sale because we are two months away. Support the school. Yes, your ticket is going to be in the upper deck. Mm -hmm. It's still a fantastic environment. If you have long legs, probably want to get an aisle seat because the Denny seats are quite uh, congested on the top. But anyways, the fans are there. The fans need to support the school. If you can't go to a game, that's fine. Be engaged on social media. Interact when you see a news article. Mm -hmm. Believe it or not, when they publish that stuff the reason they publish a lot more of certain sports or certain schools is because of interaction, yep. because they're all about engagement. They're all about interactions, right? Um, when you're at a store and if you see something USD and it's within your price range and you think it could be for yourself or a friend, yep. buy it. The reason a certain store in Sioux Falls doesn't have a lot of more options of clothes and then merchandise for USD, it's a cyclical thing. You buy more, we'll get more. You buy more, we'll get more. I could walk out of that store spending two hundred dollars on merchandise of USD if they had half the stuff that they did of other schools. Yep. But I understand that we need to move the stuff off the stuff off the shelves. So, what I hope that this podcast will also do is kind of reawaken and awaken some of these fans of how to actually like you yep. know be an active, engaging fan now that we're having success in you know, some of the male sports, right? Like yep. female sports. Exactly. we I think we can agree when we pay attention, like volleyball, soccer, track and field, women's basketball, like USD has had a great history of women's success. Yeah. But now that, uh, as other 100%. people put it, the more popular sports start to get better, this is what's going to come with it. Yep. So the fans, they're there, but the the teams need to have some consistency and understand like with winning comes more cheeks in the seats comes more revenue and the athletics department has done a great job of growing the howling pack and you know unite for usd's coming up calling all coyotes fundraisers coming up be involved in that yep. ten dollars twenty dollars fifty dollars if you can donate to that that goes back to the school yeah exactly. so a little bit of a, I could go on for a lot longer <laughs> but for the sake of my computer battery
0: i will quit there well and you know what? i'm gonna add one more plug with you on that become a howling pack member in eight bucks a month. Yep, exactly. Yep, eight bucks. Eight bucks a month, and you get shot at playoff tickets early. Uh, you know, just don't forget your password, playoff. So, <laughs> But there's so many benefits. And plus, it goes to school, and it all goes to good places. I know new eighty John Schmel, he has a wonderful list of ideas that he wants to do. He's not going to be successful without fan engagement. And guess what? I I know the fans that went to the games had a ton of fun this year uh, in football. That was a surprise season. Nobody expected it. That's why tickets were sales were low. But if you want to have that fun, go to the first game. Go to the second game and make it a ruthless environment. And those kids that are there for recruiting visits are going to take note of that. And you're going to lead to better recruiting success, a more engaged football team. Because I can tell you, when we played Youngstown State and they were, Youngstown State was going on a run, the crowd stood up in the fourth quarter. We got loud. We caused at least five false starts on Youngstown in the fourth quarter. Oh, yeah. You're right. We have a sleeping giant that is fully capable of blowing up and really growing what USD can do. We have to be the the as the fans, have to be the first ones to take a step. We cannot rely on the teams to be good and then we'll come support you. Be there first. And I promise you, the football team, the basketball team, the soccer team, the volleyball team, they're going to fall along. And I, I, and one last shameless plug on volleyball they signed the number three recruiting class and not just FCS. This is. Every single program out there that's comparing to Texas to Wisconsin, the big names, and Nebraska, they signed the top three signing class. They are going to be fantastic. So be there right away to start. But with that, guys, I think we've done enough talking about what we love. I think it's time to call it a night. Yep. Go, Yotes. Go, Yotes. Have a great
1: night. All right. This is JDAC on my phone now because I'm lame and my computer died but I really appreciate you, <laughs> Jake and Mitch. Um, you know, I know that this is the start of something great. Um, just to want to let Kyo Nation know, like, this this is the beginning of a new era. You know, we've got an athletic department that's behind us. Um, it's behind all of you. They want to see you engage more um, with the teams and student-athletes. Um, and I know for a fact that the student-athletes are excited for the future of USD Athletics. So, um yeah, just appreciate it. You guys watching this, staying uh, in touch with us, uh, feel free to give us all a follow on Twitter. Uh, Jake's really good at the recruitment stuff with athletes, um, and Mitch and I will continue to be defenders of the university <laughs> on Twitter <laughs> slash sphere. So as always, go Yotes, man.
0: Thank you again for listening, Coyote Nation. Be sure to download and subscribe to our podcast so we can keep bringing you all the best coyote content. And like always, it's a great day to be a coyote.